Hey, Nine Nation Podcast. This is Coach Kyle here with Coach and Doctor Byron Green. Say That's hello. Right. Hey, how's it going, Nine Nation? Hey, so uh, many of you guys know Byron from uh, being around the gym, taking many of his classes. Uh, exciting, fun. Uh, definitely one of my favorite coaches to to work out with. Oh, thank you. Oh, love, love some Byron. Right. Um, but today, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about inclusion in the CrossFit space. Uh, Byron currently does a lot of work with educating on uh, some diversity topics, inclusion. Uh, and uh, so we just wanted to kind of kick it off here and, and find out a little bit about how Byron found us here at CrossFit 9. Yeah. So I think jumping into the conversation that, A, I don't take anything too seriously. Like, I don't try... I, I live my life to have fun, right? Um, and I think that speaks a lot to, to, to the work that I do and coming into spaces and wanting to feel that sense of belonging. Like I found my people, like people that are not going to be mad if I play Beyonce multiple times in a workout or if I have my nine hit class on Saturday knows that Whitney Houston is always on deck, right? <laughs> so... Byron's known for the good playlist, though. If, People love it. For, yes. For those of you that are outside of the gym listening to this podcast, know that if you come to CrossFit 9, take a nine-hit class with me, you are going to have a full-on dance party while you are working out. It's going to be a good time. Um, but how did I get here? Like <laughs> This random person that has been obsessed with fitness for as long as I have, I really stumbled onto CrossFit 9. Um, so I was moving from North Carolina. So before I was here, I was in North Carolina. I'd done a lot of my traditional schooling done. I taught in the classroom and I had a job opportunity to continue in student affairs and working with college students around diversity, equity, inclusion at the University of South Florida on the St. Petersburg campus, which is right down the street. Uh, and I had a friend who had done CrossFit before so i was i'd done all the the fitness things before i did camp gladiator i did orange theory i did beach body your boy was all over the place just p90x like, oh yes of course i did p90x insanity, yeah. i did the insanity you know i've got all the tony horton dvds at home and we i all start have, somewhere right and i may have watched sean t a little bit more often than i was supposed to but whatever i mean he's also hot and so is his husband. Good looking dude. Right. I mean, <laughs> if we could be as fit as Sean T. My God. We've, <laughs> that's the dream. Not, a, not where we were going <laughs> at all. But th that's kind of my journey into, <laughs> into fitness. Like we all try different things and you figure out what works for you, right? So I, uh, so I was moving down here. I knew no one. I literally got the job, packed up, moved down. Me and my partner at the time literally the only two humans that I knew. I had a friend uh, who was moving down as well for another job opportunity, but that was it. And one of my friends from home was like, hey, you should check out CrossFit. And I laughed in this man's face. And I was like, first of all, nah, <laughs> I'm not about to go work out with a bunch of white dudes, flipping tires and shit and like- No shirts no, on. Sh no shirts on. <laughs> like super ripped, grunting while they live. Like that's not my jam. In context, I also was a college athlete, so I worked out a ton in the gym with those people. And I love 
my cheerleader, my, the cheerleaders that I was with, but we were also in the gym with other people. Um, and we would go to other gyms outside the university and I would be around these spaces and the masculinity was so thick and toxic, like the conversations outside. And I was like, I'm not trying to do this because I work out at five and six o'clock in the morning and I go to work and I do diversity work. And the last thing I want to do is start my day telling somebody about how racist their comment was or how sexist or misogynistic or whatever the case, xenophobic. Like, I'm not trying to start my day off like that. No one's trying to start their day off at five o'clock in the morning. Like no one really wants to do anything at five o'clock in the morning. Probably not even the workout. No, no. (laughs) Like we roll in, we like grunt at each other. And then we start the workout and then halfway through, then we start laughing at the fact that we only grunted for the first 20 minutes of class. Um, But after class, all the conversations. But all the conversations after class, because now we're awake, right? So he said, try uh, CrossFit. And I said, okay, well, let me do a little research before I dive in. I give this CrossFit thing a try. And it really made me uncomfortable um, as I did more research about CrossFit because I was noticing that there was a lack of structural diversity. So just the mere presence of brown bodies or the mere the presence of queer identifying people or people that did not fit a gender stereotype. Like, what am I looking at? And I just, every picture, the website, uh, Instagram, like I just saw white dudes, like white dudes that were ripped. That was it. And I was like, if this is what CrossFit is, this is not me. I am not white. I am not ripped. And I am also not trying to hang out with a bunch of ripped white people and what they are about to talk about to be and stay ripped and white. <laughs> uh, so, so actually, if you don't mind me asking, when was this, when did you move? Oh, so this was June, 2018. Okay. June, 2018. So not three years ago, not super long ago, but we were in this, this was also a few moments after. So this was after CrossFit's debacle with trans athletes and being able to have trans athletes compete in the games, uh, which there's plenty of uh, literature and stories out there about the fumbles that CrossFit had in supporting trans athletes. It didn't happen. Um, so I also saw that and I'm like, okay, mm. I'm a little iffy about that. I, of course, you know, there are uh, organizations like Outwad that do the pride workouts, but then you see the out the pride workouts and it's like white dudes wearing rainbows and still ripped. And I'm like, again, still, they just put on some rainbow shorts, kept the shirt off, <laughs> but they <laughs> put on rainbow shorts. And that was kind of, <laughs> that was like the diversity that you get. So he said, give it a try, give it a try, try out a few gyms. If you don't like it, no harm, no foul. So I did some research. I saw three gyms in the area that were going to be around my job. Um, CrossFit 9 was one of them. And I said, okay, well, I need to try all three of them. And at the time, CrossFit 9 was the only gym that had changed their logo to be a Pride logo because it was the beginning of June, like I mentioned. I was like, okay, cool. Like, at least they care enough to change their logo. Like, I'll give them a shot. They are at least pretending to care. (laughs) I'll go to the other ones that obviously don't care at all. This is not, I'm not saying that the other gyms don't care. That's not what I'm saying. But from the, the outside looking from in, the outside looking in, in. I said, if I got to try all three, I'll start with this one. I got to the gym and I met the people and I was like, okay, like this is, this is cool. And then I, I ran across Zach, which is so strange because if anybody knows Zach, Zach is not the welcome wagon for 
a diversity worker. Like, <laughs> your boy is just tragic. But, <laughs> but one thing about Zach is that he cares deeply about people. Um, he probably won't tell you that, but he care. He's a very family-oriented guy, and he wants people to feel that sense of belonging. And I don't think he ever puts those words to it, but he is... We had a conversation. He said, Byron, if you are concerned about people being racist or having conversations that make you uncomfortable, I will throw them out of the gym. Bar none, no questions asked. And I said, okay, cool. Like, if you can give me a guarantee that if I hear some some bro over here talking about black this or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. you gonna throw them out. We can engage. I'll give this a shot. That's a bold guarantee. It was a, it was very bold yeah. because as a gym owner, you are telling me somebody that has not signed up for your gym that you will kick out a member if I feel uncomfortable. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's give it a try. I talked to Megan at the point, which Megan was a soft sell. Like Zach came in like, grr, grr, grr. and I was like, okay, well, let me give you some context about Zach. <laughs> I was like, it's fine. And I started to meet some people. And I think this was, it was a really good space for me. Like the six o'clock, 6 a.m. crew was super welcoming. There was a lot of structural diversity at the 6 a.m. class, which is where I work out, what I started working out at. And I think it was, it was good. It was good. I was also working as a fitness professional at a kickboxing gym at, as well up in Largo so I was like I was seeing the area but also coming to to CrossFit 9 and getting to find my people right so this in the grand scheme of things I went from learning about CrossFit as a whole at CrossFit HQ as an organization and then having a completely different experience with the affiliate organization which is CrossFit 9 and to be very clear I did not try any of the other gyms that I came to CrossFit 9, I was like, these are my people. I ain't got to try. I'm not going to try anywhere else. Like, Because Zach gave me a guarantee. Yeah. He said he was going to kick anybody out. I'm like, look, even if this ain't the place, we're going to make it the place. <laughs> and it's like three blocks to my job. Like, we good. <laughs> so we keep it going. Um, and then we get to... So fast forward a little bit of time. We have some really great opportunities here at the gym. Lindsay and Zach invited me to have some conversations with the coaches about about diversity. What does it look like? We engage in some conversations about gender and what does gender look like? Why does CrossFit uh, gender the workouts and give me more of the context of the overall organization? Because, of course, I still had questions about the stuff that I saw before I got to CrossFit 9. Like, tell me more about how this gym supports queer people or people that identify as a part of the LGBTQIA2S plus community. And I know people like the, the alphabet, but we try to be as exclusive as possible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, tell me how this gym supports structural diversity. How, like, you got one black coach. You got one black coach and you got one gay coach at the time. Um, and I was like, what does that look like? Obviously, talking to Zach, who's in one of our owners, being a brown man I'm like okay like I see it and Lindsay is a woman who that is huge that we have a woman owner of a CrossFit gym because that's also not super common yep right but you got a black you got a brown man and a woman running a CrossFit affiliate but we have to have conversations about this and 
you have welcomed me into this space and I am an educator, but how are we going to bring more people in because we're in the middle of a black neighborhood that we are in South St. Pete, which is notorious for being uh, incredibly gentrified and the black and brown people have been pushed, pushed further and further down into the areas of St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg also has its own history with racism, uh, including the green benches being in sundown towns that a lot of people don't know about, um, that a lot of black and brown people had to work in Clearwater but could not afford to live in Clearwater, so they had to ride buses. And then the bus routes were complicated to get back down to South St. Pete and the lies and struggles that they'd have to wake up super early and then go to bed super late because they were on buses to go all the way to Clearwater to work because they couldn't get jobs in downtown St. Pete. And then you have the green benches in downtown St. Pete where black people weren't allowed to sit on. So our the area that we are in is steeped in racism and we don't talk about it often, right? So fast forward to this summer. Um, and this summer was rough for a lot of people. Um, not only had we gone into quarantine, but we were watching black and brown bodies being killed at the hands of police officers way more often. And I think this was not something that had increased. It was something that we had more vision into, um, that we watched, uh, Ahmaud Arbery, who was not killed by a police officer, um, it was killed by a white man and his son, Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. Um, and those spaces really created an awakening. Um, and I say this as someone who loves and cares for police officers and also loves and cares for black and brown people. Um, and I think that's an important delineation to make that I am not anti-police officer. Um, I am pro-accountability. Um, I also have never been a police officer, so that is the privilege that I speak from of have I ever had a gun pointed in my face or been in a sense of danger? No, I have not. I do, however, conduct trainings and understand statistically how this plays out. And with Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, the nation, the world was having a conversation about race and how does that look? on its face um, and if black lives matter how do we engage in a conversation about black lives matter what is black lives matter and yes black lives matter but there are also other lives that matter and i think people struggled with the if black lives if saying black lives matter does that delete somehow degrade it all the other people. right no 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 and it's like, like no we just we want highlighting to be, a high, few right that right now <laughs> This is the struggle that in October, when we say Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we're not saying, you know, forget all the other cancers. We're saying, hey, this month we're going to talk about breast cancer, which was the same about Black Lives Matter, that right now Black Lives are struggling. And we need to remind people that Black Lives Matter. It was the, if we were in a grammatical conversation, I think the word to would have helped people a lot. Um, but the two was missing, that Black Lives Matter two uh, made people think that it was superior. That conversation was also had in the middle of what was being, what was termed the most deadliest year for transgender individuals, that 
2020 was the deadliest year for trans individuals, bar none, to date since we started keeping records of the deaths of transgender people. Um, and that was even greater for Black women of color. So Black trans women were dying at an exponential rate and we weren't talking about it. So not only do we have Black people dying in the streets, we also have trans people being hung and shot and killed and raped and molested and not having those conversations at all. Um, and I think that that all culminated in this, like, people are like, oh, racism is a public health issue. I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> that racism does affect life expectancy, that we have to acknowledge that even just the effects of racism itself, not even the, the physical actions that, yes, black people are killed at a higher percentage rate than white people are. And that is comparative to the percentage of black people that is made up in the population compared to the percentage of white people that are made up in the population. I think that's also a piece that goes missing in the conversation that proportionately black people are killed and incarcerated at a higher rate than they exist in the general population. So we have a public health crisis that is identified. And I think even further in Pinellas County, because we talked about that the fact that our gym is located in South St. Pete, that the life expectancy in South St. Pete, where there are traditionally a lot more black and brown people, the life expectancy is way lower in this space than it is in Northern areas of Pinellas County. Which, and you can pull it up on the websites, the life expectancy in Pinellas County, and it is drastic. It's, all, it's a, almost a hard line where you see the life expectancy peaks up to 80, 85, up into that number. And it's compared to late 60s, early 70s in South St. Pete. And it's like there's a notable difference here. And the it's only 10 difference. 10 plus years difference. And the only difference is socioeconomic status and race that separate the south part of St. Petersburg from the north part of well, Pinellas County, from the north part of Pinellas County. Um, and I think that is a conversation that you have to, all these things are happening outside the gym, right? <laughs> Insert CrossFit. Right. So now we're like, okay, why are we having this entire conversation? You told us about why you got, how you got to CrossFit this diversity path that we've been on, but CrossFit sits right in the middle because we as CrossFit coaches and people that believe that CrossFit is an excellent means of fitness also understand the, the health applications of CrossFit that we often have the conversation that CrossFit is, is healthcare, that you take care of your body you are going to live longer. Like there are studies about squats and hinge movements that extend your life expectancy, right? Yep. Um, like that's not out of the ordinary. And people are like, well, functional fitness, like what does that mean? I'm like, literally when you sit on the toilet, like you got to squat, right? <laughs> Doing that under a heavy load is going to train your bones and your muscular structure to do that for longer so that you don't have to sit in a diaper. <laughs> 
or assisted living or assisted right. type things, right? Um, so CrossFit is about. I'm sorry, you're about to say no. Something. I was just well because then you talk about the the fitness and CrossFit and the health aspect, but it also plays a lot into the uh, to bring it to the community aspect, like the mental health and the inclusion of that. A hundred percent. Your experiences on a day to day basis, stress levels, uh, things like that have a huge factor into our long term health. And it's the community that CrossFit talks about we build we were built on the whiteboard and the whiteboard is the community right people gathering around this whiteboard looking at where they rank with finishing a workout or talking about the workout it is that sense of community that crossfit was built on and being able to come into the gym and feel like i belong with these people is why crossfit in my opinion has been able to be so successful in maintain even through some some hiccups with diversity equity inclusion that we have built a space that people feel like they belong there was even a study done in 2014 that looked at how people view working out that if i essentially breaking down the article way more simplified than it needs to be but if i break if i come to the gym because i want to get a six-pack versus if i come to the gym because i want to hang out with kyle I am way more likely to keep coming to the gym to hang out with Kyle than I am if I only wanted to come to get a six pack. So my relationship with Kyle is going to keep me in the gym longer than the idea that one day I might get a six pack. Because your relationships are there forever. And then the idea of wanting a six pack may be something you wanted in June, July for the summer, but they're no longer interested in it three months later. Right, because it got cold and pasta is life. And now I get to wear sweatshirts. (laughs) And I think it's it's important. And I talked with all my new clients. Kind of the same idea is instead of having the six pack as your goal, become a part of the community. Make some friends Mm -hmm. because what will happen is the side effect is actually the physique goals. Right. Exactly. Like when you become a part of this and this becomes your lifestyle and that's what we know that's what helps in the longevity and the overall fitness. 100%. But am I going to keep coming to this space if I don't feel welcomed? Nope. If I feel uncomfortable in my blackness, if I feel uncomfortable in my queerness, and I think it's important for the conversation, for this context of those that may not know me, I do identify as a pansexual So a part of the queer community that if I in any of my identities don't feel comfortable engaging in this space, it is going to be difficult for me to form relationships with people in this space if I don't feel comfortable. Right. So I think that is why we have to have a conversation about diversity, equity, inclusion, because we have to create the spaces for people to feel comfortable to engage with each other, to be vulnerable, to show you who I am so that we can build those relationships. And I think here at CrossFit 9, we, to toot our, not to toot our own horn, but it has, for me, been an incredible experience of being allowed to open up to people and show them who I really am. At six, five and six o'clock in the morning when I look like crap, <laughs> or I'm coming from insert activity here, wherever, rolling into the gym and being able to have conversations with other athletes like about the date that I went on the night before or the fact that I ate my weight in popcorn last night. I was like, okay, cool. Well, let's do some snatches. <laughs> like, whatever. Like, popcorn is life. But those are the spaces where people feel welcome. And I think that's important. And I think 
and I don't want to rag on CrossFit on CrossFit headquarters and not talk about the work that they have done because there was a moment during the death of George Floyd um, where there was some very big uprise about Black Lives Matter and how CrossFit as an organization was going to view Black Lives Matter. And it caused a lot of really fantastic CrossFit athletes to leave and disaffiliate with the organization. Um, And even for me, having conversations with Zach and Lindsay, like, okay, what are we about to do? Because this, what they're talking about over here, A, is not right. But it is also not a reflection of what we believe in this gym. Like, we, they, whoa, whoa. Yeah, and, and for those that maybe don't follow like CrossFit HQ and are in our little bubble here at CrossFit 9 may not realize that some of the upper level management uh, was very much, you know, uh, not not in it for everybody. Um, and, and, you know, I don't want to get too much into like the Glassman stuff, but uh, if you follow the story or go Google it, uh, there's there's a lot that happened that led to his ultimately his resignation. Right. Um, and I think in the past for CrossFit HQ, we were stuck under his leadership. Mm-hmm. And while you had many good affiliates doing great things for the community, mm-hmm. you, you didn't have the support from HQ. Correct. So the, 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 between the pandemic and some of the other things going on, you mentioned George Floyd, there was some, some tweets and some things where it kind of now pushed it out in the forefront, which forced him to resign, which otherwise he may have never resigned. And I want to be very clear that Glassman brought a ton of great stuff to the fitness realm that I sometimes in this conversation, we forget the good that people bring to spaces. Um, but people are flawed. Humans yep. are humans. Like we make mistakes and we do things that are not right. And this situation highlighted such a huge mistake in how he approached the inclusivity of CrossFit as an organization and was incredibly problematic. So with him stepping down and getting new leadership. Fast forward to our new leader, uh, you know, Eric Rosa came in right on day one and wanted to institute a lot of new policies and programs uh, to further uh, the diversity and uh, equity inclusion uh, movement here yeah. within the CrossFit community. And just to highlight it, I think they created some, how they view diversity, equity, inclusion, saying we are the leading platform for health, happiness, and performance. Inclusion is at the foundation of our mission. We are a resilient global community committed to changing lives through CrossFit. Hard work is our unifier. We resolve to promote diversity, equity, inclusion worldwide inside and outside of our communities we acknowledge and and anticipate that dei takes different forms around the world our commitment is global we hold ourselves accountable to our members owners affiliates employees to actively reject all forms of bigotry in our community this includes on the basis of age race gender physical ability religion and sexual orientation there is no tolerance for discrimination in crossfit we recognize that our work will be continuous and change is incremental. With humility, we strive towards excellence. And that was a very, the first very strong statement coming from CrossFit HQ there. Which I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, this is such a huge difference than what we've seen in the past. Like, 
How do we go from not talking about it at all to expressly laying out that we are going to be inclusive of age, race, gender? Gender as a construct is also very hard for some fitness professionals to understand, but including gender in the conversation, physical ability, religion, and sexual orientation, and understanding that gender and sexual orientation should not be conflated, that they are two very different things, but saying these words on the outset, literally coming in the door, this what we about to do. And I was like, okay, cool. You talking a big game. Well, let's see what's let's the reaction. See what, what is the reaction? And to their defense, they also presented an action plan that looked to appoint experienced head of culture and inclusion, building a diverse leadership team, including multiple women and people of color that are all committed to the DEI vision and values. Um, establishing the independent board of directors made up of a diverse group of outside business leaders, including members and women of color, uh, forming the council, uh, soliciting applications from across the community to serve as an ongoing forum to review and strengthen the efforts for DEI, launching the scholarship program for to expand the access by providing no-cost L1 training to underserved and underrepresented communities. And I think that one was fun for me and i thought that was the most impactful one i think we talked about like where we got our l1 certifications and yeah. i was like i went to the most posh gym i was i walked in i was like this is cleaner than like the hospital like what type of crossfit gym is this place like hey it's immaculate let me be very clear it was beautiful like white there was no chalk where, where was this it was up in largo largo I forgot the name of the gym, but shout out to them because they were on their P's and Q's. But it was in a very, very affluent neighborhood. I had to drive to get there. I had to figure out where I was going to stay. Luckily, I stayed close. But that was the only one. And this was, a, there was about a six month difference between when I signed up to coach at CrossFit to when I could get my L1 because I had to wait for them to get closer to me and this was the closest one which meant I, I had to wait for six months to start coaching here at the gym um but being able to go to a no cost l1 certification in lower ses or lower socioeconomic neighborhoods is going to open the door and remove a barrier for people to engage in crossfit because crossfit is expensive but let's be very clear being overweight and having health issues is even more expensive, but on the outskirts, like you want me to pay X amount of money, which is something that I am not used to paying, is difficult, especially when you don't understand the value of it. So being able to give people a no-cost option to learn about CrossFit is going to help spread the word about what are the benefits, right? Because for me, I'm able to have a conversation with people that you're not going to be able to have a conversation with, right? And talk about the benefits of CrossFit, that my parents are of a certain age and now they're having conversations about more healthcare and preventative healthcare. My parents have been physically active literally my entire life. We were the family that like ran a 5K before like eating Thanksgiving dinner. My brother is an actual bodybuilder. Like that is his, that is his shtick, that's what he does. Um, and I can still beat him up just if there's any conversation. Um, but um, I think the action steps that CrossFit laid out were important 
that yes, a strong statement out the gate was important because we were just coming after this storm from Glassman, but having the action steps like the donating the seven million dollars for the endowment and uh, inviting community members to share their experience, ideas, and recommendations with the team like that's important. People want to feel heard, and I think it goes even further to the affiliate level, and I think this will bleed down into the affiliates, but there are some affiliates, ourselves included, that were working to be more inclusive even before this started. Excuse me, by having the conversation, right? That if anybody wants to have a conversation, we, I'm open to having a conversation about race, about gender, religion, sexuality, what does that look like? And that leads into the building, the relationship, right? That for us, we developed a relationship very quickly because we just were silly like that and we have very similar personalities even though you're a Yankee. Like, I won't hold it against you. But thank, you thank you for that. <laughs> right. Constantly having to push that back. <laughs> right, it's fine, it's fine. Um, we lived in North Carolina together. Yes. So I like to use the North Carolina time. Right. You, gotta, you gotta hang on to what you can hang on to. <laughs> Makes me not really a Yankee, right? So I think that, like the building of the relationship provides opportunity to discuss intent versus impact and in diversity equity inclusion work and, and social justice more widely there is always going to be a conversation about what was your intent so what did you mean to do what did you mean to say versus your impact and that's how you what you said made me feel so your intent stops at my impact so your words stop as soon as they enter from your mouth to my ears, your intent stopped at your mouth and my impact started at my ear. But a relationship between us provides context for what you say. So even if the impact is what it is, I have the context of knowing who you are as a person to give what you said more context. Okay, well, he said this, so I know he is not this, so let me give him a little leeway and engage in a conversation. Hey, what you said hurt me. Or I might say, okay, that was a dick move. Like, and we'll have a conversation. But the relationship is the is the foundation of that, right? And I think that is we've been able to build that relationship almost solely inside the walls of CrossFit 9, right? Um that is a, allows the relationship allows for conversations about pronouns and i think pronouns are something that people don't think about very often because once you learn somebody's name you usually just use their name yeah right but what what about when we're talking about athletes that we don't know their gender or their gender identity may not match their gender their gender um uh, perception like how they are presenting to the world and i think that's important to understand in using the correct pronouns that as we give people that right and that respect to be acknowledged the way that they want to be acknowledged gives creates the space for them to say okay i feel like they care enough about who i am as an individual to go the extra step crossfit also has been notorious for theme workout right like our most famous workout is murph which is a themed workout it is giving we are honoring a serviceman who lost his life by doing a workout in his name 
and we also and we give the history behind that workout. We talk about it. We bring in people to share their experiences. And I think that workout itself has taught me so much more about our servicemen and women who have paid the ultimate sacrifices in their life. And even during those workouts, I've cried during Murph before. Like, and I'll, I cry all the time, whatever. Um, but literally understanding what this movement is representing that the least I could do to, to honor Murph is this squat, is this push-up, is this, this pull-up, whatever, run, this run. Like, how impactful is that for me to think about? Or leading to our pride workouts. We did a pride workout two years ago. Um, and it was, we acknowledged and celebrated the lives of the Orlando Pulse uh, victims that we lost. And I'm literally on the rower, like tears just like streaming down my face because this place that I call home is acknowledging the lives that were lost in another place that I call home. That I, if you know me again, you know Byron is notorious for going to the club. I'll shake my ass. You at the club? Right. What? No, I work out. So I look good when I go to the club to shake my ass and get free drinks. Like It's all a vicious <laughs> circle. <laughs> But the club was like the place where you could feel in my queerness the most accepted being around other queer people. And Pulse just desecrated the safety that I felt in the club. And CrossFit 9 was like, we are going to celebrate these people. But that themed workout allowed the opportunity for other people to learn what happened at Pulse or what is the impact. And then we invite community partners and other healthcare providers like Metro Inclusive Wellness to talk and share. And then we give back the money that we make on those workouts back to that community partner and having those educational moments in spaces where you had no intention of learning. So you're open to it, right? You're vulnerable to learning. And it's like, I just came for a workout. Like now you got me in my fields. I'm crying on a rower. This person beside me is like, are you in pain? Like, <laughs> what? Why are you crying? <laughs> but having that emotional moment with someone is, is empowering. And you're also going to learn something from that, that we talked about the relationship earlier, that if you make a mistake and I tell you, you make a mistake, you're way less, you're way more likely to think about doing that, that action because of our relationship. Now, whether you do it or don't do it, it's up to you, but you're at least going to think about it. You're also going now from now until forever going to be thinking about me crying on a roar in the middle of a theme workout. I, I'm still thinking about that. <laughs> um, no, well, we, we learn through our mistakes. Yeah. Right? Nobody's perfect. Um, and and you, this is all a big learning. I mean, you know, as I sit here, I'm learning a lot just having the conversation with you. Yes, yes. Like in all of the work that I have done in diversity, equity, and inclusion, one thing is true. The more you know, the more you don't know that you are going to make mistakes. Just buckle up. But it's the, the act of learning from that mistake and going further and saying like, hey, I know that I don't know everything there is to know about being a woman. I have no idea what it's like to be a woman. Me and Lindsay had a conversation the other day about some very intimate things. I was like, what? <laughs> what? No, no, 
no gross now i have no desire to be intimate with a woman but learning about this is so intriguing like tell me more (laughs) but not too much (laughs) um but that that give and take and learning that even as a diversity a diversity worker i am learning what it means to be a woman from a woman am i going to know everything no for you you identify as italian yeah yep I have no context of what it means to grow up in an Italian family. You just eat a lot of pasta. (laughs) (laughs) Which sounds fantastic. It's pretty much great. (laughs) But like, what does that have? I don't know what that means. I did not experience that. But I can't assume that what I know from the movies about people that Italians and they eat a lot of pasta. I will not ever just throw that on you and assume like only thing about your Italian identity is that you ate a lot of pasta. Yeah. Like there had to be something else. Or the type of pasta that you had is different than somebody else's pasta that they had. Being a being an Italian in a northern state is, I would imagine, a little bit different than being an Italian in a southern state. Yep. yep. Like, what does that look like? Or, or for me, being black, people are like, oh, like you were black, so you must have watched Friday or The Color Purple or Roots. And I was like, I didn't see any of those movies until I was at least in college. Like, I was a smooth 22, 23. I was like, I don't know what you people are talking about. Like, I went to school with white people. Like, I listened to country music. I went mutton. We had bonfires. Like, I grew up like a very stereotypical white kid in a very stereotypical middle class, upper middle class neighborhood. So my experiences as a black queer man were very different than another black queer man, even in the same city that I grew up in. Because my parents really wanted me to have this experience. And I think that a part of the relationship building and understanding who we are will make mistakes. But you understand that just because I play G-Unit or I play Ja Rule. God, Ja Rule. Yes, at one point I listened to Ja Rule. But, um, oh, Ja Rule. But, <laughs> He has some bops, okay? Murder. I was just going to say, you're still playing a nighthead. I've heard of that rule. He has some bops. But like, there is a, a period of music that I didn't listen to because I just didn't grow up with it. Now, you talk about hits from the 70s and the 80s or jazz. I can talk you down because that's what my parents listened to. But was I listening to Tupac and Biggie and Foxy Brown and Lil' Kim? No. My mom would not allow me to listen to that. Like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> do I listen to it now? Yes. Yes, I do. Because Little Kim is that bee. And I will fully admit she is the queen bee before Beyonce because she's just older. Like, this was a thing. Like, she may have passed the, passed the crown, but she's the original <laughs> queen bee. But I think that is understanding people and where they are from. So those theme workouts really do help people to understand and give them awareness of at least where things are coming from right we had a conversation about gendering inanimate objects oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the barbells the barbells or in kettlebells that we often refer to the bella bar as a, a female bar and like oh that's for the ladies grab oh, a bella bar like the pink kettlebell the pink kettlebell it's is not all, for me right? it's not it's for you because you are a boy you obviously can't use the pink because that's for girls like well, well hold on uh, I cringe as I stand in front of the room in my my pink tank top, you know. Uh, right, because the, we uh, two of the coaches that love that pink tank top also look the best in it, and that's not up for debate. Um, yeah, who's the second one? No, you and I. 
Oh, I was going to say, you're not talking about us? No, we are the okay. two coaches yeah. that look the best in this pink tank top. No shade to the other coaches. It's just it's a fact of life. They should just uh, turn their head. Honestly. <laughs> but I won't make them do that. But, <laughs> but looking at like how we talk about objects and what does that infer to people that are looking like, I might need to use a pink kettlebell to be safe in my body movement and how my body patterns are going. I need to be at the weight that that pink kettlebell is at. And people are like, well, it's pink. Well, that's for girls. We literally color, we paint the kettlebells here just to differentiate the amount that they are. Not because we thought, oh, we only want ladies to use the pink one. And we want every, we want the boys to use blue, the blue one. Um, so who uses green? Uh, TBD. <laughs> Right. That's a conversation that we're having. Kettlebell. Not me because it's too heavy. But <laughs> different conversation. I only use the red kettlebell. <laughs> Break but my I think that's a, that is a conversation as coaches, as athletes, as people a part of this community that we must get away from gendering inanimate objects. That if you need a weight, use the weight. We say all the time as coaches, scale to what you fit. That we do have suggestions on the board for those that identify as male and those that identify as female hey here's a suggestion for you to go with go with it or don't if i'm working out with megan or Lindsay, usually they're probably they're probably lifting more than i am and i don't feel any less masculine in that moment just because Lindsay's outlifting me which she does on a regular time. right like like how are you so freaking strong Jeez. but i don't feel all type of way about that because it is what it is. Like our bodies are our bodies. And the fact that you identify as male or she identifies as female does not speak to your level of fitness that you have to work out with where you are. And I think that is important delineation that removing masculinity and femininity from the conversation is important in getting your results that you need. Sorry, that was a whole bunch. No, that was, that was excellent. That was excellent. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that is, that's what I got for today. If you want to have a conversation with me inside, or inside the gym, outside the gym about diversity, equity, inclusion, how we can be better as a gym, you have ideas about how CrossFit HQ can be better as an organization, let me know because I'm always open to having a conversation with them. Just not at 6 a.m. Just, Just not. wait till 7? Well, yeah, least. now, because you know I'm, I'm a 5 o'clocker now. So oh, so it's going to be like By 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock, I'm cool because okay. I've already done my entire workout. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if you come at 5 o'clock, expect a few grunts. Can but, you help me with this? Uh, <sighs> yes. I will do it, but it just uh, it might sound a little less than appealing. All right. Well. We can wrap it up there. Oh, thanks uh, for having me. Thanks for joining us.